Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome. So good to be here. Just uh, let me just take a moment just to find my message. Not quite so prepared right now. Hang on, where are you? <laughs> hey, it's so good to be here and just welcome everyone to our church again and um, yeah, to our nine o'clock service. You guys eventually got here and filled up this place. It was, yeah, it's so awesome to have uh, you along today. And as I say every week, church is always better when you're here. And so, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and if you're new along here today or just visiting, I just, yeah, I just really want to encourage you just to relax and, and just enjoy the vibe. Like, there's no pressure on you today. And, you know, God is good. He's in a good mood over your life. And, uh, and we are too. We're in a good mood towards you. So it's all good. Hey, um, Laura, are you you're here this morning? Laura, do you want to stand up, Laura? Laura, um, she leads printing.com. Give Laura a wave. She's amazing. You can take your seat, Laura. Uh, this week, um, we just want to uh, just uh, give a shout out to Laura and her team there at printing.com. Um, this week, uh, Kimberly, who is one of the team, gave her heart to the Lord. And it's just, uh, and Kim, I have Kimberly's permission to share this this morning. And um, Kimberly's been a part of our church here for the last year or so. And um, I just want to, like, yeah, especially just mention these guys because they love people well in this team. And they make an effort and they care and they pray and they just look out for one another really well in this environment. And the upshot of that is that someone here has encountered Jesus in the workplace and she made a decision in the workplace. So I just wanted to mention that just to say, hey, like God, he just wants to break the mold. You know, um, don't don't think that he's only here on a Sunday morning. Uh, he is with you every step of your day and he's given you the good news so that you can share it and you can, and, and, and if necessary, use words, you know, like you, it's not all about talking, it's about acting of kindness and love uh, for one another. So that's a real cool point of celebration. Let's just give that team a, a hand. It, this place is a really cool church. And I, I mean, I believe every church is a cool church, or I hope every cool ch- every church is a cool church. I remember the first time I uh, walked into this um, this church environment. It was called the Upper Room. It was um, upstairs in the Gables Arcade, where I think a gym is now. And so, yeah, it's like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, it was there once. And and I remember walking in uh, for the first time, and, and I, I remember just having this sense of... Uh, Freedom was the only word that I could actually kind of put around it. I didn't understand really what was going on, but I was just like, what is this? Uh, what's this atmosphere in this place? It just felt so, felt so good. And, and what was better is I ended up sitting next to Debbie, which was amazing. And, and, uh, and obviously we weren't married at that time. And I remember at the end of the, the service, there was a visiting preacher. And he didn't know me and I didn't know us or anything like that. And he said, all right, uh, everyone stand up. We'll like, you know, close the service in prayer and stand up and hold hands. And he said, hold hands because you never know. The person who you're holding hands with could be the person you're going to marry. And I was like, amen, maybe. <laughs> she looks pretty good. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I was good. 
And, 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 and so we got married. This is the next day. <laughs> no, there was a bit of a gap there. It was a couple of years, people. We encouraged just like dating and getting to know one another. Yep, and that happened. And, 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 you know, but there was something prophetic, I think, in the atmosphere. I've never heard that said ever since, or I've never been into another meeting where that's ever been said. And I just, it just felt like there was something that this guy was picking up on because this atmosphere of freedom. You know, God is free. He's not chained up, broken. He's not, you know, he's, he's not got a chip on his shoulder. He is in a good mood, like I said, and he wants to set people free. And, and I think as a church, we probably love those stories of freedom in the Bible. In the New Testament, one of my favorite stories is the story of Silas and Paul. And they have been sharing the gospel. They've been talking about Jesus and they've been healing people. And, and But the, the, uh, the, the, the Romans, the Pharisees, they saw the message of freedom as a threat. And so they got Silas and Paul and they threw them into prison and they were chained in prison. And, and, and in the night, they just said, you know, these ch- I'm chained, I'm, I'm physically bound, but there was something in their spirits that carried this message and this hope of freedom. And they started singing praises to God. They started singing in the worst of environments. Like you think prisons today, they're probably, it's probably like a, a luxury hotel compared with what it was like back then. But they, they just couldn't stop the sound of praise in their hearts. And so in this worst space that they were in, they started praising God. And then you know the story, or some of you know the story, hopefully most of you know the story, is that an angel came in and broke their chains off and, and set them free. And, the, and it was like the sound of their praise became the key to their freedom. The sound of their praise became the key to their freedom. And they walked out of that prison and the jailer and his family, they were terrified. They thought he was going to get um, killed, and, but he gave his heart to the Lord, the jailer did. And then, and then they managed to get everyone together and no one ran away. And so no one got harmed and it was all good because God was in the story. God was in the story and it came from the place of praise. And so today we're going to start just a, a, a short series. It's a two-week series called Lift Your Voice. And maybe, though, for some of you here, it's, it's a place you might feel like you need to actually find your voice. You're like, what is this praise and worship? What does it mean to actually, you know, actually look beyond ourselves when we come into church, into this environment, and, and, and make a sound that says, God, you're incredible. So this week, we're going to talk about praise and worship. And next week, Jared's going to be bringing a message on declaration and proclamation. And that's going to be really, really awesome. And we just, we just we want to go here because I, I, I believe we want to, we're called to touch new realms of freedom this year. And for people who come in to, to thrive and, and for when, during the week, you know, that the sound of our praise would actually start setting an atmosphere, you know, an atmosphere in in our region, in our homes, in, in our families. And so I just want to give you three insights this morning um, that, that are biblical, <laughs> that will encourage you to lift your voice or to find your voice in praising and worshiping God. You know, this could be on a Sunday morning. This could be in the privacy of your own home. You could be in your car giving praise and worship to God. You can praise Him and worship Him just about everywhere. Do you know the first insight I want to give you this morning is 
is that worship binds up demonic strongholds. Boom! <laughs> it's like there are demons. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Like there's this battle between good and evil. And, the, and worship actually gives us the strength and allows God to come into situations to bind up the uh, demonic strongholds. In 1 John 3, 8, it says this, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Like that was one of his mandates. And that, therefore, if that's his mandate, that's one of our mandates. You know, as he is, so we are in him. And so we have this mandate to actually bring freedom and destruction to the intentions of the devil in our lives. And I don't know if you remember this story, but I love this story. Um, this was before David was king, and it was right before David actually slay Goliath. He, he took down the giant, and this was just in the chapter before and um, but David uh, was asked to come in and, and serve as king, King Saul, as a worshiper, to actually to sing over him and make music to him. And, and it was because at this time, Saul was a very troubled man, and the Bible says that he was tormented by a demon. That, that can happen, and, and Saul knew of David. He, he knew that of this man's reputation. He knew that David was a worshiper. And somehow he connected this, the, the, the act of worship to activating an environment of freedom around his own torment and his own situation. And, and the Bible says that as David would worship and would, would make music on the lyre around him, that, that that the atmosphere around Saul would shift and he would find relief because David worship and worship changes an atmosphere. Worship resets an atmosphere and it brought this atmosphere where, where it wasn't where strife and torment and fear uh, reigned, but suddenly for Saul, it was like this atmosphere, this anointing came in where love, where freedom where comfort, where this greater realm of God's kingdom was activated and defeated, bound up the demonic strongholds. Worship binds up demonic strongholds. Praise breaks the chains. It says this in Psalm 149, verse 6, and David may have written this psalm. I didn't research that. It says, May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands. Psalm 149, uh, 49, verse 6, May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands. Worship is a launch pad for warfare. Like, it's really interesting, isn't it? That we can see the connection here between Worship and the sword. Worship and the power. Worship and the authority and, the, and this act, and action of warfare. Let me just take you on a tangent for a moment. In Zephaniah 3, verse 17, it says this, The Lord your God is with you. He's mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. You know, God is the creator of atmospheres. He wants us to live in, a, in an atmosphere of peace, 
an atmosphere of joy, an atmosphere of healing. It's like, this is why Jesus said, heaven on earth, please. Let's start praying that because heaven is full of this atmosphere of freedom. And if, if you've, I don't know if you've ever, as a man, you've had the privilege of walking into Glassons. Has anyone, you know, you kind of, you're probably in tow. I'm just suspecting, you know, uh, and, and, and when you get in there, you just, just there's no music like Glasson's music, like, and it just kind of like sets the scene. It's like, oh, bye, clothing, uh, you know, and it's just, whoa, you know, there's all these women, no, and men, like, whoa, stop, and, and you know, because there's this atmosphere, there's this energy, and they're like, these people know that secret. They're going to get you so pumped that you just want to spend your money and get yourself some clothes because the music is so driven for spending. It's like, wow. You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Paul? When Lisa goes in, yeah. (laughs) And then, but you can imagine trying to work out at the gym and Love is in the air. <laughs> you know, it's just not going to work because that's not, the, that's not the kind of music they have at the gym. They have like glasses music. Yeah, <laughs> You know, it's just like I can do anything because music, it sets an atmosphere. You want the glasses playlist in the gym. The Bible says that he rejoices over, over you with singing because God knows that a song releases an atmosphere. A song releases an atmosphere. See, like David knew the songs that carry this atmosphere create this presence of freedom. And, and we people were designed to create music. We were given a gift to create music, to resonate with heaven. You know, that the same thing, that same atmosphere of heaven, he, he gifted to humanity so that we could actually create the sound of freedom and of hope and joy and, 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 and bring this atmosphere. And, uh, and sadly, a lot of music actually is completely the opposite of bringing the atmosphere of freedom. But that, you know, we were the first you know, the, the church, Christians, believers in God, you know, ones that we, we've been given this gift before the world, before the devil had it. You know, like we were given this gift to bring a greater atmosphere of heaven. And, and I know that as I align my praise and worship with what he's speaking, what he's singing, what he's saying, then something's going to happen. Momentum is going to happen around my life, and it's going to shift me from a place of, you know, depression or defeat or discouragement into a place of agreement with his atmosphere. So heaven, come on, our worship, our worship changes atmosphere. Our corporate worship, my second thought is our corporate worship, invites heaven's atmosphere. In Psalm 22, verse 3, it says, He inhabits the praise of His people. In other versions, it says that He is enthroned on our praise. So it's like He he sits on His... As we praise, He is mandated to sit on His throne and rule. As we praise, we're giving Him an opportunity to rule, you know, in His way and His nature through our lives. You know, when, when David um, became king, he was, he, he was a man who was crazy about the presence of God. And he brought 
the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, and, and this is in the Old Testament. And, and, and this is where God resided in the Ark. And it was where His presence was. And, and, and David knew that wherever the Ark was, like there was, this, like, like there was a bounty of God's blessing around the Ark. He was like, I want the Ark. I, I want to honor you know, Jerusalem with the Ark and bring the presence of God here. And under David, the priests were trained in music. And, and so that they could lift up their praises for 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they took shifts. This was happening non-stop. Isn't that radical? Like this hadn't happened before. And they, they ministered to God through thanksgiving and praise and worship and their musical instruments. And, and they responded with physical expressions as well, or like raising their hands, which you see a few people here are doing, and, and bowing low, it says, and dancing. And, and they lifted up their voices, and there was this kind of whole body all-in demonstration of, of what it was to look like a, a people who were dedicated to bringing worship and honor to the King of Kings. And they had to tra- they transitioned from bringing the sacrifice of animals to bringing a sacrifice of praise to their king. It says this in 2 Chronicles 5. Chronicles 5. It's a new Bible verse book thing. <laughs> when the trumpeters and singers were as one, uh, to make one sound to be uh, heard in praising and thanking the Lord, And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praising the Lord, saying, for he's good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. You know, you can see here that there's a group, there's a, there's a corporate worship setting. And as people came together, the, the atmosphere, the cloud, there was a physical manifestation of the cloud. And, and people actually couldn't stand in the presence of God. They were falling over. And, and it says here when they were together, when they were making one sound, making they were as one, the glory of the Lord was manifested in their presence. And in the New Testament, something similar happens on the, on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts when it says, when there were in one accord, there were 120 of them in one accord, in one place, making a, sound, making a noise, being together in unity. There was a sound like a rushing wind as the Holy Spirit came and, and, and released His presence into that atmosphere. You know, God pours His glory out on people who are united. People who are together, people who are for one another and who love God together and expressing their devotion together. I love this uh, quote from William Temple, who was the or is the Archbishop of Canterbury. He says this, to worship is to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God to feed the mind with the truth of God, to purge the imagination by the beauty of God, to open the heart to the love of God, and to devote the will to the purpose of God. You know, worship is our relevant response to His glory and majesty. That's what worship is. It's when we see Him for who He truly is, and and, and we're just like, you know, that's who you are. I connect those words on that screen to who you are. (laughs) You're my king. 
You're my healer. You're my freedom. And I want to I want to put you in that place. And I want to give you the only relevant response that I can do in this moment and just praise you. I just want to praise you. Despite what's going on in, in my own life and my uncertainties and my fa- failings and fears, I just want to praise you. When I feel like I'm in chains and when I feel like I'm broken, I just want to praise you because I can see who you are. I can see that you're bigger than me. You're so big. In John, Jesus said this in John 4, Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they're the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. And these are kind of like two of the essential ingredients, I think Jesus is saying. Hey, be led by this as you. Be led by the Spirit and be led by the truth. The third insight this morning is that true worship requires the leading of Spirit and truth. You know, our soul and our body were actually designed to follow truth and to follow the Holy Spirit. And you know, when our, when our worship time here, this is just like thinking Sunday morning now, uh, when, our, when our worship experience is, is led from our soul or our emotions, we're only actually going to respond to God when our senses are pleased. When we're actually feeling something emotionally, and we can be in soul worship, you know, just trying to like, you know, thinking about the external realities of the room. What's going on? Who's on stage? What the lights, man, they're annoying. Uh, or they're, you know, they're awesome or, or whatever. Am I, how's the worship leader doing? Am I feeling uplifted by them? I'm not sure. <laughs> Tracy, you're amazing, wherever you are. <laughs> I'm not putting any any of you guys out here today, but this is soul worship. When we're looking around, we're we're just kind of checking out the natural realm. And, oh, you know, that person over there is, man, he's he's making a joyful noise, but, man, it's an awful noise. (laughs) Like, gosh. You know, all these, because... We all have different tastes and flavors and like different styles of music and, you know, different song choices and that kind of thing. But if you're called to be a thrive, this is how we worship. And we really encourage you to look past those things. Maybe that in your preference wouldn't be quite there, but you would just go, man, this is an opportunity to bring honor to the King of Kings. In the context of these Sunday of our Sunday services, praise and worship is for him. The word or the sermon, the preaching and the fellowship and all the good stuff, you know, that kind of stuff, that's for you. But the worship is for him. The worship is for him. It says to bring a sacrifice of praise. When you come to church. And I look, and I put a caveat here because you know some of you guys have just made it to church today, and it was all you could do was just to get in the room, and you felt like, man, I just, I, I totally gave everything this week, and I'm just tired, and I understand that. But I want to encourage everyone who's at least feeling like over 25% full of emotional goodness this morning, uh, or when you're coming to church, is to bring something to church, bring a sound of praise. Bring an encouragement, bring a smile, bring a posture of devotion to the house of God when you come to church. 
I love this thought that Bill Johnson, he says so many amazing things. He says, uh, physical obedience brings spiritual release. And, and it, that means something in the context of worshiping in spirit and in truth. And I was, there was another uh, awesome story uh, at the gate called Beautiful. And there's a crippled man lying on the ground. And Peter, who's one of the disciples and now an apostle, and he, he walks past the guy, the guy, uh, you know, give me something. And he says, hey, silver or gold, I've got none of that, but what I have I give to you in the name of the Lord. And he reaches down, and, and the man does his best to stand to his feet, and he stands to his feet. And in that moment, he is completely healed, and it says uh, that he, he went on, he, he left that situation walking, jumping, and praising God, because something incredibly supernatural happened. But before he was healed, there was a faith moment to him. There was a faith moment for him, sorry. He, he could have, you know, he could have just stayed back and said, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to attempt to get to my feet. I don't want to, this is crazy. I've been lying here for so many years and it's just not going to happen. But there was something in him that activated and said, I need to take a step of faith because spirit, uh, physical obedience brings spiritual release. I need, to, I need to get out of my comfort zone, get off my mat, get off my backside and have a go at standing up. And as he did that, there was this transaction between his step of faith and the truth of the Word of God and the, and the power of God and the Spirit of God in that moment. And he, there was a collision of destiny and he stood up and was healed. And that happened because he did something physical. And sometimes a step of faith is just that. It's a, a step of faith. And that obedience to truth and that obedience to Him will actually pull you up into a greater place of freedom. So I want to give you very quickly four practical responses. I just tricked you, didn't I? I said, I've got three points only. Now I'm going to bring another four. Uh, four <laughs> responses. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. That's what we do. Four practical responses for praise and worship. And these here, maybe this feels like for some of these for you, I just need to be obedient here with this. Actually, this is, a, this is an act of physical obedience here in Psalm 47. Yes, we've got that up there. There it is. Uh, Psalm 47, it says, clap your hands, all, all. It doesn't say just the extroverts. It doesn't say just the Pentecostals. It says all. It says the Anglicans, the Catholics. It says everyone. It says all. It says all you nations, in fact. It says shout to God with cries of joy for the Lord Most High is awesome, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. I just want to take one word out of this, and that is the word clap. Actually, is that even in there? Clap your hands is where it starts. I was like, oh my gosh. Phew. Should have prepared that earlier. <laughs> clap. Clap. You can clap for me right now. I found that word clap. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you know, we clap. We bring a clap. It's like, why would you clap in church? Clap actually brings a, a, a recognition of honor. It brings a, 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 an alignment with respect. It brings thankfulness. You know, we clap when we're thankful for people, and it just helps shift an atmosphere when we're all clapping. And like, we are in this together. It brings a shift, and it actually can sometimes require us to move in the opposite spirit to how we're feeling. It's like, I don't feel like celebrating. Well, 
someone said, I'm going to catch a little bit of that, that what they're doing, and I'm going to clap with everyone. So clap. If you're not clap, I want to encourage you to start clapping. Be a clapper. Turn to your neighbor and say, start clapping. High five them. That's kind of like, a, like your first step on the way to clapping. Hear that sound? Yep, there it is. Psalm 47, it goes on to say this. He chose our inheritance for us. The pride of Jacob, whom he loved. God has ascended him. Shouts of joy. joy. <laughs> oh, dear. The Lord admits admit the sounding of trumpets. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. If you don't get the message, there's lots of singing praises there. Shout. I want to hit that word shout with this one. Shout implies a lift in volume. Shout commands attention. A shout declares victory. And I just want to rest in on this, that Jesus died on the cross, went to hell, took the keys off the devil, rose from the dead again, gained the victory so that you and I are no longer condemned to eternal separation from the Father, but have eternal life in heaven with Him. That is worth a shout of joy. So... Come on, that is worth a shout. I love in verse 5, it says that God has ascended amidst shouts of joy. And it says, in that, it's implying that God was low. <laughs> you know, like it's, He's ascended. He's actually got into His place. His people actually raise their voice and lift Him up into that place where we're exalting Him above everything else in life. You know, when we're worshiping, when we're praising, just on that word shout, we're coming into agreement together. And I just want to like just think, hey, let's just be sensitive though, because if you are a naturally loud person like slash Jared, wherever he is, he's not in here. Um, I'm sure I've, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, but he tells me that he has to tone down his worship on a Sunday morning. He has to, he has to reel it in a little bit because he's so enthusiastic and so, and he's just kind of learned to, to just kind of read the room and read what the Holy Spirit is doing around the room, just like the ebbs and the flows. And when it's time to be loud, we're all loud. And when it's time to be quiet, we're not going to be loud. We're actually going to be quiet. And we're going to just take a moment. And the third posture of worship, I'm just going to hit this really briefly, is to be still. It says to be still and know that I'm God. And for you, that could be in church, but that could you just be you taking a time out. <laughs> like, I just need to actually reconfigure my God posture in a moment of stillness. We could just have the band up now. That'd be amazing. The fourth and final point before I start A, B, C, and D is is to dance or move. In 2 Samuel, it says, as the Ark of the Covenant, you guys ready to dance? You thought you were going to sing, but I was actually going to get you up here to dance. <laughs> this is when David, he's got the Ark of the Covenant coming into Jerusalem. He gets wildly ecstatic. And, he see, and the Bible says that David danced before the Lord with all of his might. Come on. <laughs> like this guy's a warrior, a king, a worshiper. He's a dancer. This he's a full package. He is he is alive. David was fully alive. He, and he said this because he, he actually ended up taking off his kingly robes and he just danced like free. He still had clothes on, but he was dancing like a crazy man. And, he, and the Bible says that he said, I'll become even more undignified than this. 
He was all about the freedom and the expression of joy and, and, and celebration of God's presence. And when we sometimes dance in church, it's just another way to get you moving, to get you out of your kind of like, man, I felt like stuck. And it's, it's an expression of freedom. It's an expression of freedom. And you've got limbs and they were meant to move. And some of us know how to dance. And some of us are like, oh my gosh. And that's kind of like me. But I just kind of like sway. That's a good thing to do. Or you could do like the, that's the Pentecostal sway. So you could do that. That could be your dance. Or I don't know what your dance is. But anyway, it's in the Bible. So it's time to start dancing. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.